Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. Episode two, the Painted Target podcast. I'm Jason at Aware Integrate on Twitter, awarenessintegrations.com. Have Rick with me. He is at Grave Delay on Twitter, and then it's Grave Delay Athletics.com. So we're going to say right off the bat that if it sounds like I'm in a fishbowl, it's because we're dealing with mountain technology up here, which <laughs> basically means no technology. So. <laughs> Yeah, I thought my internet was upgraded and it was good, but it's basically dog shit compared to everyone else's. So I have a good mic, but shitty internet. You can, uh, Goddamn cable company. Sound. Yeah, that people are telling me there's a fishbowl sound. I'm like, okay, thanks for telling me because I didn't know. But anyway, all right, we got a quote to start this off, a stoic quote. Uh, you can go ahead and read it, Rick, if you want. All right, here we go. It's uh, make the best use of what is in your power and take the rest as it happens. That's a quote by Epictetus. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because you read these quotes. It's what? One line, you know, it, it basically describes everything. I yep. mean, if there's like a, a way to, like a horoscope. Yeah. If there was a way to live your life, that's basically it right there. But, you know, then we have to kind of sit down and ask ourselves, like, what's the reason why this is so difficult? You know, we could, we could start it off with that. Like, okay, so. I would say my opinion is why something like this quote, I'm going to read it one more time just so people can remember it. Make the best use of what is in your power and take the rest as it happens. So really every problem that we have in life could probably be described or based off of that sentence. So the question would be, you know, you could put a bandaid on it. You could say, Oh, I'm going to try to be more positive and I'm going to try to do that. And you know, all this shit, but what actually is stopping that from happening? What nowadays is stopping that from happening? And I think it's a combination of technology and kind of all this stuff where we think we think we have more power than we have and we try to control everything and it ends up kind of doing a little bit of the opposite. So it's, it's almost like we use what we have at our disposal kind of for the opposite. I think we have more control than we think we have, but, and we were talking about this before the podcast, you have more control by knowing that you don't have all the control. If that makes sense. What do you think about that, Rick? Uh, to me, it boils down to if, if something's going on in your life, what can be anything? Uh, ask yourself uh, th this question that I just wrote down. Uh, what will happen if I take action for insert problem here, insert the situation here? If you determine something good will happen, if you take action, all right, go for it, give it a shot. But if you if you think, well, if I do something that's really not going to change anything, or if I react in a certain way, it's not going to change anything, then why bother? It's out of your yeah. control. Leave it there. Leave it where leave it where it is, and let the the participants deal with it. Yeah. So so to break that down, it's basically. You have to have, I mean, we said this in the first one, it's what I say basically every day. You have to have enough awareness to even know that you have that choice. 
Because we yeah. could sit here and be like, oh, you've got to look at the situation and say, well, I need to know it's in my control it's not, and not. And like you said, leave the rest where it is. But the problem is we're all zombies. Most people are zombies and they don't even know that there's a such thing as seeing that. It's, well, I'm going to stronghold everything and try to control everything. And in the midst of doing that, you're not controlling shit. So it's taking that step back, as we said in the first podcast, and looking at it like, well, what can I really control? It's kind of what you just said, and it's hard to lay out, you know, every single point, what a situation. Yeah. yeah, every single point of control. I mean, you can't really put in a log book, you know, oh, these are the things I control. The Stoics actually do do that. They say, you know, you these are things you control, these things you can't. I would say really the only thing you could control, and this is very kind of Eastern religion, spirituality stuff is your reaction. And like you said, action. So I read, I don't know what this was at this point because we read so much, but I read something that was online. I think the guy was a veteran and he said something like, basically the only thing that you can control is your action or response to that stimulus. I mean, yep. that's like, that's kind of, you know, can come off as kind of like a positive quote, but I mean, action is really the only thing you could control, right? It is hard to break down because it's complex, even though there's, like you say, these Stoics come up with these seemingly simple quotes or these, these simple models on how to behave or how to yeah. uh, take the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and taking action versus not taking action, it could be something you have to decide in a split second. Or it could be something you have to contemplate over a long period of time or, or, or somewhere in the middle. So, I mean, don't, don't contemplate for too long. You know, should I swerve out of the way of this car that's breaking quickly in front of me and I'm going to hit him if I don't? don't? Don't take too long on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you're trying to decide how to get to work that day and, uh, you know, someone told you one way or they wanted, to get, wanted you to get there at a certain time or something. And, um, and that puts some stress on you. You're like, oh, which way do I go? Because he wants me there at this time. Um, I would just suggest to start early, but yeah, you just have to, you really just have to decide based on, I guess, like t- was a time and proximity to the problem. Yeah. It's, it's, it really just goes back to the main word of control and we don't have, we have control over a lot of things, but we don't have control over everything. And I would say that that's kind of the starting point to where we're at. So to break this down for people listening so we don't go off on a tangent forever is you have to be in a position where you know what's in control and what's not. So by doing that, that's subjective. So you have to subjectively look at your situation and say, okay, what do I control and what do I not control? If you walk outside and a tree falls on your truck, yeah, that sucks, but you don't control that. So you would, in my opinion, argue that things cannot feel good, things can feel like they're against you, but if you couldn't control it, it serves zero purpose to worry about it on any point past that. And someone told me that the other day, it was or something I read and it was put real simply, like there's no point to put energy to things where you're not going to gain anything back and not in a hedonistic way, but car falls on your truck when you walk outside. And in that moment, when you're about to freak out, you think, okay, what is this doing for me? What, what do I gain by wasting energy on this? 
when I could actually just look at the truck and say, okay, looks like I need to start looking for a new truck. You know, it's like you say these things and it's tough because someone uh, responded to me on Twitter the other day and they said something like, um, they said something like something I said was stupid because obviously if something bad happens, you're going to get pissed. And I'm like, yeah, you're proving my point is if something goes wrong and you lose your mind, the time and the energy you spend losing your mind could be put towards a solution. I mean, it's that simple. So I remember somebody told me something. um, This might be kind of like an Eastern saying or something, but they said something like an enlightened guy falls off a cliff. He knows he can't hold on to anything. He's done. I mean, that's just, you're climbing a rock wall, you're you're done. And on the way down, the guy was enjoying the view and looking at the flowers and all this. And then one minute you're alive and one minute you're not. And that was the whole story. But the point was in a perfect, you know, mastery, as everyone likes to use that word, world, you would, you would be doing that <laughs> because if, if the outcome is the outcome, you stay in the moment, you enjoy what you can, and that's all you can do. That's an extreme version, but it proves the point that, you know, if you're walking down the tracks and a train's coming your way and there's no way you can get off the tracks, well, in a perfect world, you might as well enjoy that moment. You know, yeah, why well, go out terrified? State. Yeah, that's a big statement, but that's the point that like I try to prove to people is a lot of this stuff you read, especially the spiritual stuff, is it comes off like little like little games, little little I'm trying to think of the word, like mazes. And people will message me and they'll say, you know, I don't I don't get it. And they'll say, Well, how am I supposed to do that? And they're kind of missing the point altogether because it's not really about doing anything. It's about seeing everything. So it's more about like, okay, you're trying to do all these things. You're trying to change all these things. You're trying to control all these things. And these guys, these sages and philosophers, especially the Stoics, they've been saying for 500 years what to do, but sometimes the doing is not doing. You know, So it's right. back to what we said earlier where Sometimes you have more control, not trying to control everything. So the next point I want to get into, which um, is kind of a common thing that people send me to, is they'll say, well, this is actually a good example for relationships. So you're in a relationship and, you know, I've, I've had this problem in my personal life, especially years ago where you're in, let's say a relationship or in any situation, maybe a job, whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm already in the situation. Technically I can abort at any time. So you could say that you have control because you can abort at any time. So the next question that I get is where's the line? So technically you're in a position that you put yourself in like a relationship and you're already in it. You obviously did it for a reason. There's something there that made you want to do it. You're getting some traction and you want to abort. You could say that's a form of control, but there's another form of control. And I'm not telling people, don't message me. I'm not telling people to stay in shitty relationships and all this alpha beta bullshit. I don't want to hear it. So that doesn't matter. But there are times where you could stay in your situation and be in control just by how you respond and just by finding that line. 
So what's your opinion on that, Rick? In other words, we put ourselves in situations. We say we get a little bit of confidence and we say, okay, yeah, you know, I do have control. I do have options. But in the midst of that, you try to run. You basically try to run. You try to abort. So how do people find that line? It sounds like you, you have to get out of your own head. But so I, I guess it, it, could be, it could be a problem where you're, you're getting, you got too comfortable in the situation. So, you're, so you've almost gotten just too much confidence. And then for some reason, you take, you take a look and you're like, uh-oh. And then you, you, I guess you, you suddenly become nervous about it or, or unsure. Um, maybe things are going too well and, and, the, and the, old, the shoe has to drop and then things have to be, be terrible. Yep. So you've, you've basically accidentally terrified yourself to wanting to extract out of the relationship. And then that, that, that becomes all consuming the thought of, okay, I need to get out, but, but you probably really don't need to get out. You just probably need to go back to the good things you were doing. And while, while everything was going well, at, at least as it relates to how you thought it was going well, take a step back. Uh, don't get too confident. Don't, don't overthink that. Oh man, things are, things are just going so well. There must be something wrong because man, that happens a, a ton for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically stepping back and controlling what you can in the situation instead of looking at controls away to abort because I can, you know, as it's a funny story and I've probably told you this, but when I moved to where I live now and you know, you know, you've been where I live and it's out there, it's, it was newer to me when I first got in this environment and I can remember thinking, I basically, you know, I was a control freak with the jobs and personality and all that. And I can remember getting out here and thinking, well, I basically don't have any control out here because of the weather and, you know, the land. And you feel like you are at the whim. I mean, you can have the biggest truck, the best wheels, all this stuff. And then you get one cold rain and you can't move for three days. You know, yep. it's, you feel like you have no control. And that was a big thing to me. And the first thing I thought of was, well, I need to abort because the only real thing that I can control is getting the hell out of here because it's too up in the air. It's too random. There's nothing I could do here. But at that time is when I started getting into this stuff and stoicism, I was still kind of on the philosophy path at that point. And I remember hearing some, someone, he was like a stoic guy and he gave me this long rant I was talking to him or something like that. And he said, you know, basically you're in the situation you're in because every choice that you made up in that, up until that point puts you in that situation combined with the fact, whatever you believe in, as far as spirituality or a God or whatever, you know, there's some divine stuff too, that probably puts you there. Maybe some lessons to learn, you know, mm -hmm. this is what you wanted. You're there. Now you're bitching about it. So with all this stuff put together, he said, number one, and this is, this is going to be hard for people to grasp, but he said, number one, you have more control than you think. You have more choices than you think. But on the other hand, you're not the only one driving this ship, you know, or steering the ship. And I remember reading that over and over and thinking, what the hell does, I mean, what does that even mean? But what he meant was there are things that have been put into play like all the decision-making that came up with, I mean, you know, buying a home, buying land. I mean, it's a lot of shit. Yep. The people you meet, the environment, you know, the acreage. So there's that. Maybe there's some divine stuff there. You know, hey, whatever you believe in, 
you're there for a reason. And then there's the fact that you can sit back and observe and say, okay, there's all that stuff there that might be out of my control. You know, I'm supposed to be here, whatever you believe in. But then there's the part where you could sit back and say, well, what can I do in this situation to control it? Do I need to get a new job? So, uh, I don't know, something doesn't matter, you know, weather something, or do I need to, you know, get more gear? Do I need to just move the truck somewhere else? You know, all these little things, but I was spending all the energy and all the time worrying about the next storm or whatever would come, like the house was going to blow over, you know, next time it snowed or something. So all that energy went to that. The point of this story is I remember waking up one day and being like, man, you know, I can do these little things and it actually puts me in control, you know, like it, it puts me in control, but that's very hard for people to understand when you're in the midst of this emotional and pain and fucking reacting, you know, it's impossible to see, but you can make one, this is kind of corny at this point, but you can make one little change in your day and you have gained the quote unquote upper hand. You know, it's like these Zen guys that meditate and do all this shit and they're in caves and all this, you know, they're stories of these guys and they basically, they're not worried about the walls of the camp. They're not worried about the weather. They're just worried about the inside. Oh, my one guy, literally my arms about to fall off because, but it got infected or something like that. And he was like, Oh, guess the arm's going to fall off. I mean, that's extreme, but they took everything. He can't control what happens to that thing past a certain point, what happens to an infected arm in the middle of the Himalayas, he, he can't do anything. So he concentrated on what he could do, which was his job or speaking to people or whatever. So anyway, yep. there's a space there. And I mean, what, what do you think about that? Because I, it's hard to explain. I could talk for hours about it, but there is this little space where you could pull back and say, well, even if I don't feel I have any control, I'm still in this moment. I'm sitting here right now, just like I would in the house when it was fucking storming and going crazy. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to react to this. And in that time, you're in control. What, what do you think of that? Well, if you set, if you set aside uh, divine intervention, just for, just for sake of the conversation, and you, and you reflect back on all the decisions you made based on the options you had that brought you to that point. Um, and the other could, there could be off, outside influences like, okay, your wife wanted to move where you are, for example, There's a little more than you did. So you're like, okay, I kind of want to move there and she really wants to move there. So why not? Let's give it, a, let's give it a shot. Don't do uh, it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you probably shouldn't get married ever. <laughs> just go live. If where I am uh, is the result of, of a few bad decisions or several, depending on how many, um, were actually related to to your situation of living on a mountain, for example, then there's only one person to blame and that's you. Yep. And you can yep. either, you can think about it and like, all right, well, uh, next time I have an opportunity to move, I'm going to, I'm going to think through it a little bit better. So that way where I end up uh, won't result in me thinking about, uh, did I make a bad decision and now? And the weather sucks and all these, all these other things that impact your life on a, on a probably not a day-to-day basis. You have, you have to do the math too. How often is the ad- adversarial stuff actually happening to you? Probably not very often. So yeah. you have to break you have to break that down. It's like, is there a catastrophe every day? The answer is no. There's not. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 yep. at all. And to your point about the guy losing his arm in the Himalayas, that is an extreme ver- extreme version. But uh, I think you can build up to that point where you're able to uh, fall to your death and in the meantime enjoy the view, 
or uh, see a train coming and, and enjoy the scent of, of the eucalyptus uh, bushes or trees around you. <laughs> the beautiful I think you, foliage, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, just, you can have a beautiful time. I think you can get to that point. And the way to, in, in my experience, the way to do it is if I'm not saying go out and, you know, confront somebody and get yourself into a fight to see how you do uh, or anything like that, but d- just do little things that you wouldn't normally do because you really aren't sure you can do them. Yep. Um, I don't Prove know yourself mow, wrong, basically. Yeah. Go out there and mow a zigzag pattern in your yard. Like they like do on baseball fields. Uh, even though you think you're not as crafty as those uh, baseball field <laughs> landscapers. Yeah. You know, dumb things like that. And you, so you, you start building up little thing, little by little and you're, you're basically earning, earning confidence within yourself to be able to hopefully ultimately be like some of these renowned Stoics. Yeah, and I think the the sayings and the stories and all this are more or less just proof that it's possible because it's like the people that'll respond to my tweets that hate them, you know, they're they're kind of like, oh well, you know, there's no way because when this happens, you're gonna re- you're gonna react like this. That's just the human body. That's how it works. I'm like, no, you're actually wrong about that. Because what, what do they say? One person's junk's another man's treasure. I mean, it's all in where you are at the point. It's all in the context. And I think I tweeted something like that the other day where I was like, well, if someone tells you to, you know, F off and you're, and they say it in another language and you have no clue what they're saying, you're just going to bob your head and be like, oh, like, okay, see you later. Thanks a lot. But if you did understand it, you'd react, the ego would get involved, you want to fight, you want to do. So it's really that proof of you're, you're basically at the whim of your external circumstances. And that's, that's what these stories do is they say, you know, there is a such thing as not being like that. And I feel like if I had to, you know, give someone like the last final view of my search and everything that I've ever done it, you know, read, done, tweeted, everything, it would be just know that there is a such thing as not being the way you're being. That's it. That's it. There's something there. There are actually people out there. And I know a few that are, you know, they're up there as far as, um, you know, their sage status. I know a few actually around here that you'd never think about it, but they're up there and that's how they live their life. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. You know, that's just how they live. So in speaking of that, I have another quote here I wanted to say from Epictetus, I said it wrong, Epictetus, fucking don't know how to talk, but um it says, for God's sake, stop honoring externals. Quit turning yourself into the tool of mere matter or of people who can supply you or deny you those material things. So the, what I take from that is stop honoring externals and quit turning yourself into the tool of mere matter. I mean, that's it. You know, if you are trying to control things you can't control, you are a tool for everything outside of yourself. And, you know, we could talk about this topic a little bit on the next one, but the bottom line is a lot of these guys and a lot of people are always talking about inside, you know, go inside externals and all this. Really all they're saying is reaction versus response. That's all they're saying. That's it. There's no magical, you know, and these guys are talking about magical spaces and hitting the void and the zero point field and all these cool names really what they're saying is hitting a point where the they're not run by their mind they're not stuck in this rotation of unhappiness which is all mental 
because like I say, I'm probably going to say this every podcast. If you took a magic pill and it slowed down certain areas in your brain that were involved with this behavior, you wouldn't do that behavior. So what's left? Experience. That's it. Experience. It's what they call pure awareness. It's all these cool names they come up with. That's what it is. So the bottom line is, I would say, and you can add on to this, I would say if you were looking for steps, it would be put yourself in a position where you can see a situation without emotional reaction. Be able to sit back and say, okay, I want to get pissed off right now. What's going on? You know, what's the deal here? Be able to see it. And then when you see it in that space, let's say you've got 10 seconds before you're going to blow, you know, before you're going to go crazy. In that 10 seconds, you say, which path am I going to take, the higher or the lower? So you create that space with observation, which means not reacting with extreme emotion. And then in that space, you say, which choice am I going to take? So I'll end it and I'll let, I'll let you go on this one is a guy told me once, one of my, I'm going to call him teachers. He's been my teacher for a while, kind of put me on this path, guy around here. Uh, he said, when you hit a point where you can see the polarity, this is kind of hermetic, when you can see the polarity, meaning let's say positive or negative, the second you can see it without an emotional attachment is when you transcend it. So all that means is having the awareness to say, oh, shit, okay. I technically, even though I'm pissed off, I don't have to respond like this. And when you don't have to respond like that, you have a choice not to respond like that. So anyway, Yeah, I have, um, I have that silly, a silly example you and I talked about, my, my, my white kitchen sink. Anybody, oh, yeah. yep. anybody who's got a white sink, we happen to have a farm sink I put in a while or a few years ago. Uh, so I, I look at it, it's white. And to me, it should always be white. There shouldn't be sauce stains. There shouldn't be coffee grounds. There shouldn't be food or anything in there for, I mean, unless, unless you're getting ready to do the dish or something like that. But if it's empty, then it should always be clean and white. Yeah. And, it, huh. it, and I, I, was, I was guilty of this for I don't know, not quite a while, maybe a year or so after we had the sink. I'd get so mad if, uh, if my wife wouldn't wipe out the sink after, you know, dropping some food or something in it. And then at some point, I don't, even, I don't know when it was, I said to myself, you're a fucking idiot. Why are you getting mad yep. over, over uh, what, what, I don't know, stuck on food, whatever it is. Why are you getting mad over that? Yeah, okay, that might, that might not be a priority for the lady, uh, beautiful Mrs. Curls, but <laughs> that, that's fine. Who gives a shit? Because I can take a sponge and some hot water, wipe, wipe it out real quick, and move on with my goddamn day. And that's, guess what? Guess what I did? That's exactly yep. what I did. Yep. Now, now if there's something in the sink, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to clean it up and um, just go on to the next thing. Who cares? And then th- that's a conversation <laughs> oh, I can still man. say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you basically, it, it, it's very egoic too, because if you take, if you actually stop and look at that, so I'm listening, and we all do stupid shit like that. I don't give a shit who's listening to this. Everyone does that dumb shit. Oh, yep. there's a sock on the floor. Why doesn't she pick it up? So basically, if we look at that real quick, what that is, and I, I've got I've got one small one I can bring up too, example, it just popped in my head, another one about moving out here. Where when you kind of put this stuff all together, there's what, okay, so a situation itself, we're going to go into the weeds for like one minute. A situation itself means nothing until you apply something to it. It means nothing. What, 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 does, a, what, does, a, what does anything mean 
until someone puts mental activity onto it. it means nothing. It just is. It, what the fuck? What does a tree mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just a tree. It's sitting yeah. there right now. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. We call it a tree. We define it. Okay. So when you look at these situations, you say there's nothing about the sink or the sock on the floor, or the dirty room or whatever that, you know, first world problems, whatever bullshit <laughs> is. There's nothing about that situation that is a problem. So what is it in you that's pissing you off? It's the ego because you think that it's malicious. There's nothing, there's nothing else there. You think it's malicious. So when you look at it, you say, oh, it's malicious and I'm pissed off. We don't say that, but that's really what it is. But if you stop, remove the ego, which is what all these sages and high-level people are doing, they just, they just look at it ex, in a situation as pure experience. Oh, the sink is full. I'd rather it not be full or dirty, so I'm going to clean it. That's it. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. There's yeah. nothing more to it. So, it's, you know, people have hit me before, and they're like, well, there's a reason for emotion, you know, you always talk about there's no point to emotion. It's not that there's no point to emotion. I would say, I would argue there's no point to neg to not even negative. There's no point to worthless emotion. So the emotion, because it technically kind of is a feeling that you get get from the sink, doesn't really serve a purpose. That's nope. a fact. You know it. I know it. it yep. It's a fact. So that to me is a complete waste of time. And when you hit a certain level where you have that awareness, you go, oh, man, this kind of annoys me. What can I do to fix it? Then you're there. Like, I've, this is a real quick story. There's, um, I have like a, like a dirt, it's not even really a driveway. It's like a lead up to a driveway. And I had guys come out and put rocks down when I first moved out here. And they basically came out and just like dumped like random piles all over the place. Like, like a rock machine just took a dump all over the property. It was, it was just a disaster. Like they're not really supposed to like level it out for you, but it was a disaster. So I'm coming home. It's a, you know, after work, it's 11 PM at night and I pull up to basically like the Berlin fucking wall of rocks sitting, you know, what felt like a quarter mile from where I was supposed to pull up for my car. So it's 11 PM at night. I'm stuck behind a rock wall. I mean, I should have got my climbing gear and like just started bouldering on it or something. It was so big <laughs> and I'm stuck there. And I, and I'm like, what? I remember sitting in the car and turning it off. You know, it's pitch black out here. There's no street lamps. And I'm like, this is like, it was boiling. Like that car was probably a hundred degrees in there. Cause I was so pissed off. But I can remember walking up, you know, hiking essentially to my house, which is literally hiking up a mountain. And yep. I got inside and I think I probably, this was like way before I started this stuff. And I probably just completely broke down and disconnected. Like basically I just cut off. I just sat in my chair in the dark and I was so mad that I was doing nothing because everything, you know, was just messed up when I first moved out here. And it was like this quick glimpse that I had. And I just remember thinking, I don't really have to feel like this though. And then it, I, I swear it was like, it just went away. It was like, that was it. And I went to bed and whatever. And sure enough, the, 
you know, redneck army out here. Sure enough, I wake up and one of my neighbors is down there, um, like raking the rocks for me. Never told me, never asked me nothing, just down there raking the rocks. So, I mean, you couldn't have made that up. So I could have sat there all night and been pissed off, all pissed and all this. I wake up and a guy's doing it for me. I barely knew him. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just another example of, of how much of a waste of time it can be to, you know, be like that. And it does tie back into what we're talking about with control, because at that time, it was 11 p.m. at night. I wasn't going to start raking it. There was no it was out of my control at that point. It should have been dropped at that point, And then the next day when I could take action, take action. That's it. Yeah, it's not like um, the rocks were going to kill you or come come into your bedroom and slit your throat. Yeah, just it was just uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what we do. It's uncomfortable, and we rebel and we like try to get out of it. But anyway, so you know, just remember, whoever's listening to this, your first step in every in anything is you have to be able to pull back and see it. You have to be able to look at a situation like an army general, where you're just like, all right, here's the battlefield. What are my options? And you need to do that pretty much with anything. But you got anything else, Rick, before we go? No, just remember, what will happen if I take action? That should be the question. <laughs> exactly. What action can I take? What will happen? Yep. But all right, guys, we will see you next time. This episode of the Painted Target podcast was brought to you by Awareness Integrations. Only you care about your problems. The Painted Target is also sponsored by Grave Delay Athletics, apparel that says I'm going to live well and cheat death.